Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Pocket, and I'm Team Bayonet. And I'm Doug, also known as Trick or Treaty Bully, and I'm <laughs> Team Trevenant. I love it. <laughs> to listen to this show, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, like maybe iTunes, now that it has our backlog, and player.fm. And be sure to leave us a rating on any of those podcast uh, sites that you listen to us if they allow you to leave a rating. Whether it's good or bad, it helps us. All ratings help. Any traffic on our ratings helps. Yes. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Illustrations and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. What up, what up, what up? Oh, you know, we're in the spooky month, and the scariest thing happened to me. Oh? I turned 30. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Was it, uh, was it uh, all it's cracked up to be? Do you feel like a completely different, more broken down, uh, falling apart human being now that uh, you're... I hurt more in places I didn't know could hurt, but yeah. <laughs> Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. Like, woke up on like 30th that. birthday, I woke whole up leg and... fell asleep. <laughs> yep. No, actually, you know what's funny? Hmm. Ever since, like, I found out I was gonna be a dad, I've had the, like this nagging feeling in my head, like just saying, "You're too young. You're too young." The second I turn thirty, I'm like, "Yeah, this feels right." That's so. I mean, th- this is this is the last thing that we talk about on this podcast, but it's so funny to me that where we're at right now, just like generationally, is mm-hmm. um is poking you in the brain as being too young to have a kid at 30. (laughs) When like two generations ago, we would have been ancient to have first children. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like my parents were young twenties when they had uh, my oldest sibling. (laughs) My parents were, and they were old for having first kids. (laughs) Well, my parents were 20. Yeah. And my dad proposed when he was 17. Yep. Yep, and that stuff is now, like, completely unheard of. Exactly. It's probably gone, like, a slightly, again, I don't know why we're even talking about this, but it's probably gone, like, slightly too far in one direction, where now we're all, like, terrified to get married or have kids before the age of, like, 37. But, uh, whatever, you know. It mm-hmm. all it, do, it, do whatever works for you. Yeah. It's all fine. Everything's mm-hmm. fine, right? <laughs> Everything's perfect. <Sip> coffee. <laughs> Drink your coffee. <laughs> Conspicuously sipping it so that it's obvious I'm drinking coffee and not pretending to hide it. <laughs> nice. What's new in the world of Pokemon with you, dude? Uh, well, besides uh, our main topic, which I'll get to later. Yeah, um, so last time we talked, I said I had to finish my Fire Red playthrough. Oh, yeah. How's that going? I, just, I finally finished it. I caught every single obtainable Pokemon you can get in one copy of Fire Red without trading. Nice. 
That's awesome. Yeah. So I got everything I needed there, and I moved on to Emerald now. Nice. Where I mean, when did you start that, and like how far into it are you? Uh, I want to say I started maybe two weeks ago. I'm. And you're not finished. <laughs> I've been taking my time. I've got a lot of other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, we uh, when we talked about planning this episode or like doing this episode, we we're like, oh, that's perfect. It coincides with like the Sunday after you know, mm-hmm. the new expansion drops. And you had mentioned like, well, I'm not gonna have a ton of time to play it. And I was like, it's fine. You'll fly through it. <laughs> and we'll see if that's true or not. But yeah, I, uh, I am always, I'm always impressed at how much you can accomplish in a Pokemon game. <laughs> well, so, so I've been just taking my time. I've been taking my time just working on my team yeah. for this. Cause here's the thing. When I do this, when I'm doing this challenge where I'm going through every game from the bottom all the way up, starting mm-hmm. with generation three, because one and two, I just don't care about because you can't transfer them. Sure. So um, I'm doing a use Pokemon I've never used before challenge. Love those. Yes. Those, that, I mean, that's like the most challenging I typically get. Except for the starters, because obviously I've pretty much used every starter now. Yeah, that's, so, that's tough unless you just like don't want to use a starter, which is isn't. I don't know. There's something something feels weird about that. I've only ever done that with black and white. I'm doing it with sword, but I have a, a starter with from a different generation. Okay. <laughs> so I'm still only like kind of doing it. Okay. So and then I'm also combining that with the catch every obtainable Pokemon you can possibly get without trading within my possibility. So like when I get to like platinum, they have the ability to put like the fire red, leaf green, ruby, sapphire, emerald cartridges in the bottom slot of the Game Boy. Yeah advance and then you can uh basically or not the advance but the ds yeah the original one and so then other pokemon will appear in the wild because those cartridges are inserted after you beat the elite four yeah so i can at least do that with fire red and emerald this is how gaming works before cloud gaming exactly so i i've just been just just taking it back having some fun i really wish i had start it like continue this throughout the whole pandemic because once the pandemic started i kind of fell out dude me too and i mean i think i don't know what it's gonna look like when all is said and done and we like look back on it but i think luckily i think we'll all sort of like understand and be like eh none of us got as much done as we thought we would but i definitely have those same feelings where i'm like i could have replayed every single game by now like Mm -hmm. and then some you know which is funny because that was actually you know, when we did our, our 2020 goals, that was on both of our goals to some degree. Mm-hmm. And we weren't anticipating a pandemic. Exactly. <laughs> so, and, and I, you know, it's funny as I feel like I probably still would have accomplished more because, you know, what is what yeah. is what is uh, anything right now? So, right. Yeah. So and then the other thing was um, I'm about to have a kid in Wait, like a are? week or two. So, yeah, it, it uh, my time's going to be all over the place. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to finish Emerald because I still I still have to get the ace badge. Yeah. And that and then start my whole catching journey. Yeah. Yeah. The it it's it's funny because with something like that, the moments of peace that you do try to make for yourself, I feel mm-hmm. like you never know quite what you're going to need in those moments. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Where it's like oh, cool, like, I'll have some, you know, some time to myself or whatever, a very tiny sliver of time to myself. 
I can pop in Emerald. But then you might get to that point and be like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to sit yeah. here and stare at the wall. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> so and then, uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, to, 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 to watch that journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the third challenge I'm kind of sort of doing, I still haven't fully figured out which one I want to do. Cause I have to play Coliseum first. Yeah. Is I want us to do a ribbon mastery journey. Okay. Or, Thing. So basically, you have to pick a Pokemon from Pokemon Coliseum and purify it. Okay. And then once you transfer it to uh, Ruby Sapphire or Emerald, it'll have two ribbons saying it came from Coliseum and one saying it got purified. So those are two exclusive ribbons you can only get from there. Yep. And then you have to do every single contest. So like every category, every contest, all the way up. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go to like the Battle Frontier and all that stuff and win all those things with that Pokemon. And just it has to obtain every single ribbon it could possibly can. Oh, I believe in you. This is going to be this is going to be a cinch for you. So I kind of <laughs> sort of started doing this uh, on, uh, on my Sceptile, my Infernape, and my Dragonite. Yeah. But I didn't get any of the ribbons from Emerald except for just the champion ribbon. Sure. So what I want to do is I just want to take – I want to try and get all these ribbons now. But the thing is I got to make sure I have a Pokemon from Pokemon Coliseum that can also get into yep. Sword and Shield. Bring it all the way up. Have you looked at the, the Coliseum roster and figured out who you want, or is that like on your to-do list? I've looked at the roster, and I'm still trying to figure it out. The problem is there's a lot of Johto Pokemon in it, which normally wouldn't be a problem because I love Johto Pokemon. Right. But Sword and Shield it kinda lacks a little bit in Johto Pokemon. <laughs> I know. So I have to choose carefully. Yeah. And right now, another Pokemon that's not a Johto Pokemon, but it is in Coliseum, but is in Sword and Shield is Swablu. Oh. Okay. I think Swablu would be a great pick. Th- I think that's a fun pick. Yeah. And I feel like that would be good for, I, I don't know, I don't remember, I should say, very much about the contest, but I feel like Swablu would be good for contests, too. Exactly. So that's kind of the Pokemon I'm leaning towards. Unless, of course, I decide that I want to go with, like, Raikou or Suicune or Entei. Yeah. Which you can never go wrong with, so. <laughs> well, now they're all now they're all compatible with uh, Sword Exactly. Sword, so. so, something like, I, I might actually do Raikou just because Raikou's awesome. <laughs> but the problem is I still got to play Coliseum and yeah. I still haven't played it yet because it requires me getting off the couch, getting onto the ground, plugging in the Wii and then all this mess of a stuff. <laughs> uh, can yeah. you, uh, so many things we used to do <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just to play games. <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta, uh, take out like a slot or I, yeah. I gotta, it's just, a Oh whole no, I know. I know my, my current TV has fewer, this is, I don't understand how, but fewer HDMI cords or inputs than my Mm -hmm. previous TV, which is like 15 years old. (laughs) Like, wow. What am I not? Well, no, it's probably about that old. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that's even possible, but it does. Uh, and it's bigger, which is, makes it scarier to move around. (laughs) So yeah, I, I feel you on that. 
it's a pain in the butt. I have my uh, my GameCube sitting on my TV stand with all the mm-hmm. games just next to it, and I have not once played it because I'm like, I don't want to hook it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's the other thing. I got to put batteries in my Wii remote. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's a thing, too. So that, uh, I got to go, like, get batteries and all this stuff. I'm just like, oh, that, just you know, like... I was thinking about that the other day, the battery thing, because uh, you just mentioned it. And, like, I have – I do have batteries because my preferred uh, Switch controller is a Pro controller that's a GameCube controller mm-hmm. um, because it's – I don't know. I For Smash Brothers mainly, but it's also really nice for games like Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just use it for pretty much everything. Uh, and so I have batteries for that. But because of that, I was thinking, like, we used to put batteries in, like, everything. This isn't, this isn't you know, an earth-shattering thought. But I'm just thinking about it because, like, with Game Boys and stuff, before mm-hmm. you actually had a rechargeable pack, if you had a rechargeable pack, like, the number of batteries. And, like, I wasn't buying those batteries. So, like, yeah, I was trying to remember, like, were there periods of time where my dad was, like, no, you can't have new batteries. It seems like something he would do, but I don't remember him ever doing it. So, like, how many batteries did I go through? <laughs> <laughs> I remember my mom just finally giving up and saying, here, here's some rechargeable batteries. Yeah, yeah, eventually. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Eventually, we definitely had rechargeable batteries. I think by the time, by the time, probably Game Boy Advance, because that still required two batteries, right? Mm-hmm. I think at that point, um, and I don't even know if this was a, a parental uh, initiative or if this was something that I took the initiative to do. Because I think at that point I would have been in high school. Um, maybe I maybe I was – I'm pretty sure I was using rechargeable batteries by that point. Nice. Yeah. I remember when I got my DS and uh, I was like, oh, cool. Where do I put the batteries? And my oh. parents were like, no, 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 no. All you got to do is just plug it in oh. and it charges itself. Yeah, like it's – that was like oh, a miracle. Awesome. Yeah. It was like the greatest thing. And now anything that has batteries is like the most annoying thing ever. And you know what's <laughs> okay. So here's stupid Kyle. When he was young, I refused to play my DS while it was charging. Cause I thought it wouldn't work. Oh no. You know what though? I can see that. The only reason I feel like I, I didn't have that thought is cause we had, um ac adapters for our game boy colors that's mm-hmm. probably why that's you know what i bet we got ac adapters because of the number of batteries we were going through that's probably the solution but no mm-hmm. i get that if you haven't had something that charges that way before i'm not i'm not totally surprised by that i'm sure you were not the yeah. only person who it wasn't until i saw a friend playing his game while it was plugged in i'm like yeah. what are you doing i'm like oh i'm just playing while char-. i'm like isn't that gonna like I don't know what I thought. Like counteract the fact that it's charging. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I would have, what I would have expected is like, like, wait, if it doesn't have a charge and I plug it in, it's never going to charge because I'm using the charge. Yeah. So I was like, he's like, no, 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 you're good. And I was like, oh, I've wasted so much time just letting it charge. Yeah. Yeah. And not playing it. (sighs) So, but yeah. So what's new with you with Pokemon? Um, I mean, same as what you said, we've got a big thing we're gonna talk about, but, uh, mostly that, um, my, it's funny, just before we started recording, my niece, um, was texting me about what she was doing with the new expansion, because I told her, like, hey, I don't know if you did all the Isle of Armor stuff, but, like, there's more now, 
Um, and she was telling me she was getting all the Pikachu hats because I sent her all those codes and stuff. So oh, nice! I still got to get getting updates uh, from her. Yeah, journeys. Um, I still have to get the Sun and Moon one because that one only dropped uh, a few days ago, I think. Um, but last night, actually, uh, because I was all wound up from from playing Among Us, hmm. uh, I uh, I was like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll just work on the Victory Road notes and see if there's anything worth mentioning. And uh, I, I just typed in, you know, I checked the Pokemon website news or whatever, and then decided like, well, I'll just, I'll, you know, just randomly Google Pokemon news because not everything is going to show up on their own website because, you know, right. stuff, there's some stuff they're not going to report. And I ended up, I, I like never do this, you know this, I like never do this, but I got sucked into not one, but two twitter threads about um like data leaks that recently Mm. came out and i typically don't care about that stuff at all and i don't even know if i still do care about that stuff for the most part um because it's usually like well there's a part of me that's like i shouldn't even be looking at this because it's like not for us um clearly somebody had to have like in some way shape or form like stolen this from the pokemon company um but at this point it was like already out and it was a twitter thread and i was tired and i just like couldn't stop scrolling so for like probably like 90 minutes i was just like reading all these all this stuff about like the sword and shield uh like march to may i think to june 2018 like beta file that somebody was playing yes yes Um, did you look at all this i didn't look at all of this but i did hear one specific thing from this that i thought was kind of interesting yeah it's it's uh it it looks like it leaked within honestly within the past week maybe or they were just Mm -hmm. able to get to it this past week because uh, everything was everything that I was reading was posted within the past week, um, and uh, it was it was fascinating is probably a strong word, but it was really interesting. I mean, I don't know that there was any because I don't know I don't know that much about or very much at all about like the coding and development and all that sort of stuff. I'm not really all that interested. Like, it's just I know it would take up space in my brain, but um, it was still cool to see. Like, I do like seeing beta stuff i like seeing how things develop Mm -hmm. visually um i like looking at uh like animation progress and stuff like that Uh, and that stuff was cool plus there was like some really bizarre super early stuff where like they you could like seeing like gloria that's her name right the default character gloria uh in like a let's go environment and you're like wait a second there's some sort of weird cognitive dissonance happening here because these are two totally separate games <laughs> uh, but it was it was pretty cool um i think like the things that stick out to me that i thought were uh most cool one because i was like oh kyle would have hated this uh is the uh the rotom decks was initially or like the the sun and moon rotom decks mm-hmm. i think was initially planned to or considered to come back and there was yep. for some that's, reason a female counterpart to it <laughs> that's the one thing that i learned about yeah, And the reason why I think that's so interesting is, think about it this way. If Rotom Dex had actually continued on into the Pokemon Journeys anime, uh-huh. because obviously they want to keep it going as the same with the games, mm-hmm. imagine Rotom Dex constantly reacting to Go's uh, captures and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought it'd be kind of cool. I think it would have been, yeah, I think it would have been funny. I mean, him constantly reacting to Go would have been a really funny dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just find it really interesting that that was clearly at some point in their in their sort of thought process, Rotom Dex was a new mascot for them. 
You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And I get it. Like it's it's very clearly a well intentioned um, and intentional design. Um, it's meant to be cute, fun, friendly, um, silly, like comic like comic relief. Like it makes perfect sense. Yeah, so it's, it's basically like wonder... an iPad. Hmm. It's like a tablet. Yeah, like I it, exactly. And I wonder at what point they decided, like you know what, let's not let's not pursue this as like a new mascot because it really ends up being sort of uh, confined to sun and moon to a degree um, because obviously like Rotom has persisted and we see, we actually see more Rotom in sword and shield than we've seen like at all, like at all throughout the whole history of Rotom's life. So it has moved on, Mm -hmm. but like not in that particular form. Yeah. Which I think is interesting, especially since they were planning a whole second version of that. Yeah. Um, Although I do gotta say I do like the Rotom phones that they oh, have. I love now. the Rotom phones. Yeah. I, I think that's I, I love the Rotom phone. I think it's like the perfect balance. I know we're probably just saying that as adults who um don't mm-hmm. necessarily need like Rotom decks in the show to be like screaming at us all day. Um but I mm-hmm. love the Rotom phone. I like the Rotom bike, I love the ro- the Rotom drones. I think it's funny that like Rotom they finally figured out like a way to integrate it into the larger world um, in like a sort of ordinary way mm-hmm. generations after it happened. <laughs> yeah. But well, you got to think about it like back in generation four, I want to say Rotom was somewhat considered a legendary yeah. or something. I think it was introduced as a mythical Pokemon, right? But, um, or maybe but, not mythical. If, yeah. Uh, maybe just super limited. Yeah, I don't really know what it was qualified well, as. Also, look at it this way: like Rotom was was found, and they realized they could use it as a new form of technology, and it just took them a while to develop said technology. So it's showing the progression through the years from its discovery to uh, its uh, create, like basically how there they're able to use it for everything. There's your head cannon if you wanted it. Yeah. Um, I just think like from the from like our world perspective, it's interesting that it took uh, as long as it did for them to incorporate it. But it's mm-hmm. not the only thing that Pokemon sort of like revitalizes or reinvigorates later. I mean, look at all the ride Pokemon from last generation. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, OK, we're just going to like throw those back in here and make them an integral part of this world. Cool. <laughs> I miss that. So. I I don't know if I do. Um, well, I do okay. from the perspective of how cool it is to like ride a Pokemon, but as mm-hmm. far as like a game mechanic, I don't think I've missed it. Yeah, I do like how I can just quickly go from riding a bike to surfing instantly. Yes, I do. Yeah, the the streamlined bike I think is really nice. I wonder if they'll just keep that. Um, one thing, and I knew this from what people had said, but one thing that was made incredibly obvious and apparent uh, from reading those leaks and stuff, and some of them having very specific timestamps, is Mm -hmm. just the sheer tiny amount of time they have to develop these games, which is such a shame. Yeah, Um, I saw... I mean, they still end up putting out good, fun games, and I still will defend Sword and Shield. Like, I do like Sword and Shield a lot. It is, as far as playing experience goes one of my favorite Pokemon games, and it's probably top three, simply because I've been able to play it so much and for so long. Um, and it's been such a like robust playing experience compared to some of the other ones. Granted, I play the game differently than a lot of people do, or at least a mm-hmm. lot of the people who are complaining do. 
Um, so I get that disparity between how I'm viewing it and they're viewing it. Um, but I still would love to see what a game, like what a core Pokemon game would look like if they had four years to develop it, even just four years, which for a lot of games still isn't enough time, mm-hmm. but would be twice as much time as a lot of Pokemon games have been developed. Yeah, I've, and I don't condone this, but I've seen a lot of people complaining that Pokemon uh, just quickly released it and didn't take its time and whatnot because they just wanted to, you know, have a Pokemon game for the year. And I think, I think it's one thing I saw that somebody was really, really uh, trying to combat was, you know, everyone wants to blame Game Freak for this, but Game Freak is given the deadline, you know? And so Game Freak is building a game in the timeline that they're given. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not, it's, I mean, they're the ones who made the game, yeah, but they're probably not the ones who set the deadline. No. You know? And so they were like, if you want to blame anybody, blame the Pokemon company. Um, but overall, yeah. the problem is is just the, is the circumstance. You know what I mean? But if you're, if you're going to shout, shout at the right people. Um, and it is it is it is a bummer because a lot of the speculation that I ran into and I didn't deep dive into the speculation part. But, you know, as things would come up, there was like one uh, developmental render that featured a Gigantamax toxicity with what looked like maybe a Pikachu on its head, which probably would have been a Gigantamax Pikachu um, in the wild area, like right next to that large stone bridge. And they mm-hmm. were like, I have no idea what this is, but I, I wonder if it was at some point meant to be part of a story. You know what I mean? Because they mentioned, you know, Dynamax Pokemon are going wild, or they allude to the fact that that could happen in the game, but it never really truly happens. And yeah. so I wonder if that was was part of it. Um, there's a pair, I never even noticed this because I'm oblivious. There's apparently some massive crater. Um, in the game, like on the side of a mountain that you can kind of see. And a lot of people were like, this seems like it should have been something, but it was nothing. Um, and so, it, you know, it that's one thing that does become really, really obvious. And I, I wish, um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not mad. Like so many people are just mad, mm-hmm. um, but I do wish that, that we could get a bit more time. I mean, I even have, I have the, the timeline of Pokemon games hanging up next to me. I think it's the thing that came with, I think it was a promotional poster that I got from Toys R Us or something. Oh, nice. And it has the timeline of the games all the way up through uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Nice. And it is like pretty alarming how quickly they, they come out, given how not huge Game Freak is as a company. You know, like mm-hmm. you have 98, 99, 2000, 2001, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2007. I mean, there's no gap larger than two years. So I don't know, like that, that, that's one thing you just got to wonder, you know, like how, Mm -hmm. again, I love sword and shield. This is me. This is not me, uh, pooping on sword and shield at all, but you got to wonder how much they could have fit into that game. If, if, if the Pokemon company said like, eh, just take another year, you know, which is why I'm glad that we got DLCs this year instead of like a whole new game. That's a thing I think people should actually, I think people should be thinking about it the way you're thinking about it. You know, like I get people's complaint that like, oh, now we just release unfinished games and wait for DLC to finish them. Yeah, I get the frustration with that. But when you have a circumstance like this, where it doesn't seem to be the developer's fault mm-hmm. that they're they're under this crunch, then like, 
maybe this is a better way to go about it for those circumstances. If, if the yeah. company dictating when the, the games come out is so strict, then like, I'll take this, you know, we'll talk about how, how, um, how we feel about those DLCs and expansions. And I do have some thoughts, um, kind of in this vein, but, uh, but yeah, I would I would rather get, you know, some DLC stuff that fills not even fills things out, but expands things mm-hmm. um, than just not get them at all or get a smaller product. I don't know. I haven't like yeah. thought about it deeply, but that was one thing that those leaks made really, really apparent. <laughs> there was also um this is gonna come as no surprise to literally anybody. It wasn't a surprise to me either. What was a surprise to me was that this wasn't, I guess, technically confirmed by any materials, but there was um, an X and Y, some sort of X and Y leak. This was all like super technical stuff that I did not understand. Um, But basically, in whatever they were looking at, there was some sort of official placeholder in some programming for what should have been or would have been a sequel pair to X and Y. Again, no surprise. I think everybody has assumed at this point that there was meant to be as <clears throat> excuse me, that there was meant to be either a version Z mm-hmm. or a sequel pair. Um, but I think now well, we we know with a hundred percent certainty that there was supposed to be, or that they had had considered it officially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think, and this is just me speculating. What had happened was. They already planned that they were going to release Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire with that generation, and they probably already had planned out Sun and Moon and possibly maybe even Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, and they already knew that they were all going to be on the 3DS. But then, of course, you know, if you throw in that third version, that throws a whole nother year into the timeline, and that w- and they probably already knew the Switch was probably going to be a thing. So they were probably like, okay, so we got to start coming up with a game for the Switch eventually, but we don't want it to come out too late with the Switch. So we're going to have to cut something, and they probably just decided to cut the third version for X and Y just this way they could have at least somewhat of a timeline. Yeah, I don't don't know what the rationale was, obviously. Um, I think there's probably parts of that 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 make a lot of sense to me. Um, especially given the switch piece of of your of of your theory, um, I wouldn't at all be surprised if the um, the sort of like hey switch is happening if that sort of sent everything into a tizzy. Um, mm-hmm. But I am surprised that like that's the thing that they would have nixed, knowing that it was planned, because it would have made I think more sense to do a Z or a sequel pair for x and y and it's what's interesting is there were two placeholders um not just one so it seems like they probably were planning to do a sequel pair like black white uh black Mm -hmm. and white 2 um which makes sense given that it was the generation right after that but it it, it's interesting because there are certain elements of x and y that were just so obviously unfinished that -hmm. you would think like okay well let's just let's finish up this and make sure that whatever our next thing is is a complete product. Mm-hmm. Um, in, and that's in why we got most of the Z stuff in uh, uh, Sun and Moon. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's why I'm saying like, it wouldn't have, it's, this is no surprise to anybody. The fact that there is Z stuff yeah. in Sun and Moon is a huge broadcast to everybody that they obviously were planning something between the two and just for whatever reason, couldn't do it. 
Um, but all we could do is sort of like read the tea leaves. But now there's like actually uh, a tea, yeah. tiny piece of official indication that like, yeah, no, there actually was something, <laughs> something there, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know. I thought it was interesting, even though it wasn't surprising. So, so uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. I, <laughs> that was that was a lot more content than I expected to get out of that. But uh, yeah, it was a good discussion. Yeah, I, I was uh, I just I was so surprised that I was I was sucked in so so heavily and I was like actively resisting going on like other tangents and other other um, little like uh, I don't like rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. That's the phrase. Because, you know, <laughs> even in even in reading those things you end up encountering other things like um, like Bergmite was supposed to evolve into something else before it evolved into, to, you know, Avalug. And I was like, I Oh yeah. That. And that almost turned me onto like a whole nother rabbit hole, hmm. um, but I resisted. So nice. Yeah. So uh, we got a little bit of a discussion, uh, a couple of things before we get into our main topic. Bit of news. Yeah. Um, anime news, uh, Pokemon Twilight Wings, which if you haven't seen, I guess I would say the first season, um, you definitely should. It's really good. I was just going to ask if you had watched it. We have. Cool. I, I will, I'll have to watch it. And then when this drops, we should do an episode because we've, we've never talked about it really. No, we, we haven't. So, um, um, and I haven't seen it. So that, that'll, that'll be, that'll be a, a, a good episode to put in, yeah. put in the bank. Mm-hmm. But basically, the season two of it uh, is called The Gathering of Stars. A new special episode is scheduled to release at some point in November. Yeah, no official date, though. So I think, you know, the wording on the website, I think we should be open to that being like a soft release date. Like it probably could be later (laughs) if if things don't uh, pan out the way they want. But uh, we're getting close to November, so... Mm-hmm. Let's get that official official release date, maybe, please. Yeah, Pokemon. <laughs> and then the only other thing. Well, I got I added a thing at the end. Oh, okay. Uh, well then. So we have some gaming stuff too. Uh, none of this is is earth shattering or groundbreaking. Um, but it is cool to see pretty much every currently promoted Pokemon game has some sort of Halloween event happening, which isn't really a surprise, but I thought it was cool to see all of the games doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Sword and Shield has bigger things going on. So their their Halloween event is just, you know, Ghost and Dark Raids because um, they're not going to do do you know, big crazy stuff to detract from their expansions. Plus mm-hmm. the core series game tends to not do as specific events, considering that events in general are kind of like newer to the core series game in the way that other games might have events. Um, but Pokemon go is doing stuff. Uh, they did the uh, origin form Giratina that already happened. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you all got it. Dark um, is currently the raid boss. Perfect. That makes sense too. Um, I mean, it's all spooky stuff, obviously. Yeah. And then um, happening now through, I think, like the first few days of November, you can get costumed Gengar and Sableye, uh, Galarian Yamask and Runarigus. Uh, Spiritomb is back uh, with a shiny uh, possibility. Mm-hmm. And Mega Gengar is here in raids, yes. which is pretty cool. Uh, I also got invited to, but I didn't have enough time to get to it, uh, Mega Houndoom raids. Oh, 
that's cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. They also have added Galarian Farfetched and Galarian Ponyta. Yes, uh, which you know aren't spooky, but they are cool. <laughs> well, I, I want to just mention those because while yes, they released Galarian Farfetched a while ago, they now also released Galarian or Surfetched. Yes, so you can now evolve your Galarian Farfetched, which I have done. It's a little bit tricky. You have to have Galarian Farfetched as your buddy, and then you have to make ten excellent throws. It doesn't have to be in a row, but you have to at least make ten excellent throws while Galarian Farfetched is your buddy. If only Whalemur were a common spawn right now. <laughs> I was actually <laughs> able to get majority of my excellent throws on Galarian Farfetches. Oh, okay, nice. Does it have a, a large hitbox, or was it just like you were in a, a groove? I was just in a groove, I think. Um, it's That's got awesome. a pretty, it's got a decent size hitbox. Uh, you know, just do a good curveball. I'm really good with curveballs, so. Nice. And then uh, Galarian Ponyta was in uh, some raids. I was able to get that, and I already had like 600 Ponyta candies. Nice. I do want that. That I should do. Are they only available in raids? Is that the only one? No. Uh, uh, okay. It was only for like a 24-hour thing. Now they're only available in 7-kilometer eggs. Oh, son of a biscuit. Okay. Well, shoot. I should have done the raids. I just... Uh... I don't know. I've said this a million times. When I'm not going anywhere, I just don't think to play it. <laughs> nah, I get it. And then uh, I haven't heard exactly how to evolve Galarian Yaw Mask, but I've heard rumors. And I don't know how true these are, Ooh, but you have rumor to. Regus. To get Runa Regus, you have to. Uh, I think you have to have Galarian Yaw Mask as your buddy, and you have to do 10 raids. Oh, okay. So. Is there a, what's, hmm. Okay, sure. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out the connection there, but there doesn't have to be one. Pokemon no, Go can do whatever I mean, it wants. I mean, it beats getting its health down to like one third and walking underneath a rock formation in the Right, wild exactly. Area. Like, I don't know how you would even necessarily mimic that in Pokemon Go. So like they had to come up with something. Yeah. And it's better they come up with something than just be like, evolve it with candy you know yeah at least i think i think if, if there's a pokemon in the game the core series that has some sort of special evolution mechanic and they can figure out either an analogy or at least something that's not ridiculous um i say go for it i you know there's like accomplishment in that give us that dopamine and serotonin for doing cool stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> And then um, Pokemon Cafe Mix and Masters EX both have what actually look like really cool Halloween events, um, but neither one of us really play those games, so we're just mentioning it, because if you do, you should uh, check that out. Or if you have been playing them and have lapsed, this is probably a good time to check back in. See, I played Masters uh, for a little bit, but I just kind of fell out of it. Yep, same with me for uh, Cafe Mix. I started playing Masters because... You know, it looks like a really cool game. My mm -hmm. not playing it is not an indication of how I feel about what that game is. It's more just like how many Pokemon things can I sort of maintain at once yeah. um, game-wise. And my brain just can't do as much as a lot of people uh, with, <laughs> that I see doing like all the Pokemon things. So I think it's a cool game. I started playing it at this point i'm like i've missed so much and i know that that's not a good reason to not d dive back into it but um 
I just missed so much. And so I haven't, haven't gotten back into it. And cafe mix, I started playing. Um, but that was more out of like, I wanted one of us to be able to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) and, and we talked about it. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's as much as I really needed out of that game. I think. Yeah. I will say one thing about, uh, Pokemon, uh, masters. Yeah. It's a good, like if you love like the lore behind certain Pokemon or Pokemon trainers or something. Yeah. it, It helps with that because, you get more of a backstory with certain trainers and like how they interconnect with other gym leaders or something like that, which is really cool. Yeah. Well that, I think there's so much, there's so much cool stuff about that game that I do feel like I'm missing out. Um, And, and you know what, seeing one of the big things that we were stoked about when we didn't really even know what that game was yet was how much crossover there was between generations based on the trainers included. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that hasn't slowed down. Every yeah. time I see like a new trainer added or a new sync pair added, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I, sh- I really should pick that back up. So we'll, we'll <laughs> I'm not making any promises, but uh, it's always poking at my brain a little bit. <laughs> nice. Pokemon at your brain. Pokemon at my brain. Yeah. So I got a little bit of Mega Constructs news. Ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> Let me pull this up real quick up on my phone. So, uh, it's actually been a little while since we've really gotten anything, like, uh, found out. Now, again, I am on possibly the only Pokemon Mega Constructs uh, fan page on Facebook that's at least, you know, consistent. Because <laughs> others just kind of died out. Sure. But uh, a whole bunch of people, they've they do, like, this whole... And you know what it's like with Power Rangers. Like, there's people out there just hunting for the toys online, trying to find yep. listings. So, uh, these people they found a couple things. Um, uh, first off, there's a new translucent Pokeball sets. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Tell me more about that. That sounds cool. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, similar to uh, our favorite uh, manga. Our favorite manga. Oh, no way! Yeah. So it's a it's got a red top, but it's translucent, so you can see inside of it. Hmm. So far, they've only announced a Squirtle, Togepi, and Magikarp, but the listing says for six, they only just found the three pictures for it. Squirtle, so Magikarp, and what was the one in between? Togepi. Togepi. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, two of the others are probably going to be Bulbasaur and Charmander, and then I have to imagine Pikachu is one of them. More than um, likely, that's how it always is. Yeah, but the fact that they announced those other three first makes me wonder. Yeah. You know? Um, series 13 Pokeballs finally got announced. Oh. And I am super stoked for this because five out of the six I want. Oh. The one I don't want I already have, and that's Zubat. And then you've gotcha. got Krabby, which I'm super stoked for because the only way to get Krabby was through the Volcano set, which was a Toys R Us exclusive, and now that is almost impossible to find without paying Gotta a good sum of money. Right. Um, uh, uh, Lillipup. Oh. Snivy, Tepig, and Oshawott. <gasps> I heard a Tepig. Yes. <laughs> so they're finally releasing the Gen 5 starters. It's a little weird that they're not releasing them how they usually release the starters in like a two-pack with like a little set, but I'm okay with that. Cause then I don't have to get my 10 million Pikachu. Hey, 
Gen 5 getting no respect. Per huge. <laughs> so I'm all stoked for the uh, all those because I will be getting them all. Oh my gosh. What if they end up doing an Embor set? <gasps> what if they do an Embor set? Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see that, but final evolutions for starters are very rare. I know. Let me dream. <laughs> so far, we've only gotten the Gen 1 starters and then Greninja. Uh, I just need my big, thick pig. <laughs> they were going to do Torterra so for big. <laughs> Detective Pikachu, but they never did. It would be so heavy. Yeah. Someone finally, after a year of it being teased online, found the Grookey versus Score Bunny set and the Pikachu versus Sobble set. Oh. Um, and they found them at a uh, Target. You know, it's weird to me that they consistently incorporate Pikachu. I mean, like, I get it because Pikachu is the mascot. Mm-hmm. But from from the perspective of, like, well, and I guess from a, from a manufacturing standpoint, like, just keep cranking out more Pikachu. We already got the mold. But, like, not even the mold, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's so strange that, like, that's what they include for every single, not every well, single, not but every like single they one. include so many times, right? Yeah. Like put more Pico in there, put, you know, any of the other Pikachu clones that are also cute yeah, <laughs> and uh, remind people of Pikachu. Yeah. They like, did that with parents Kalos. are buying them. They're like, Oh, that looks like a Pikachu. And if kids are buying them, they're like, Oh, that's cute. Like just include the Pika clones. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> they did that with the Kalo starters. So Fennekin, Chespin, um, Froki, and then uh, Dedene. Okay, cool. Yeah. There you go. And Perfect. Hoenn, instead of Pikachu, you get Poochyena. Okay, that makes sense, because Pluzel and Minin is two separate. Yeah, um, and they had already thing. released those two. Plusel and Minin. Why, I, you know, I don't know why. those They're so obvious, because it's plus and minus, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when I played those games for the first time, I got it stuck in my head that it's Pluzel. And I have not been able to get it out of my head. <laughs> do, do we need to Plusle, rehash over my whole Minum, Minum debacle? <laughs> That's true. That's right. Plusel and Minum. <laughs> you heard it here on Victory Road. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I mean, that that's fair. Especially considering with... Um, with Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, Puchiana basically serves as a as a second starter. So, yeah, um, was that a that wasn't a thing in the original Ruby and Sapphire, was it? Or am I just forgetting what the basically secondary starter in Puchiana? Oh, where it gets like this one of the special moves or something? Yeah, no that that was exclusive to Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Okay. They didn't do the Ooh. whole uh like uh rattling grass chaining type thing. Makes sense. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say, like, if I just completely forgot about that, that's... <laughs> I forget about plenty. I don't need to forget <laughs> about it even more. So good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those are some awesome Mega Shrek sets that are coming out. Plus, I believe we talked about the uh, Charizard sets they're redoing. Yes, we did. Yeah. So, that's do you also- think they'll ever... Um, do you think they'll ever do... <laughs> I hate to make your wallet scared like this. Do you think they'll ever do any shiny variants? Oh. Even for just like a black Charizard? You know, I've had dreams where (laughs) basically I open up just a regular box and it's a shiny box. 
Oh no, not like that. Oh, I yeah. swear to God, I don't mean like that. Yeah, no, no, no. But like, <laughs> my my dream is like, oh, so like you don't like you assume it's just gonna be a normal Pokemon, but then when you yeah. open it up, like all the bricks are to the shiny standard, and like they're all painted to be a shiny one. So then you have to you build that. So like, there's like a one in one hundred chance that you're gonna get a shiny. <laughs> yeah, that would actually, you know, the only the only circumstances. Actually, you know what? I, I wouldn't want it like that. It's gr- I, That's like a... I would be stoked in the dream world for that too. So I'm not pooping on that. Um, but for a very hot second, I was like, I guess they could do that for the Pokeball ones. But then I just thought about all the Pokeballs that everybody would be buying. I hate blind pack stuff because it's just... I mean, mm-hmm. it's so transparent. Um, so I would hate to put anybody through that. Well, now Here's that we're getting translucent Pokeballs... Well, that's true. Now that they're in translucent Pokeballs, they wouldn't well, be able to do that. It's at least the one set that's translucent. So sure, sure. Um, here's a question for you: If they did shiny ones, would you want it to just be the same exact thing with solid bricks that are the color of the shiny, or would you want them to do anything different? Because what I'm envisioning is like, if you did a shiny Pokemon, you could, and this might be like too much, this might be like too glam, but you could do the like translucent bricks with like glitter in them. Kind of like how, and this is off topic, but the Power Rangers, uh, yes, uh, what is it, Metallic, that they're doing. Yeah, the Power Rangers Metallic um, Lightning Collection or the Power Rangers uh, Morph Pop Finals. Mm Mm-hmm. That are like sort of translucent, but not too translucent, right? Like they're not see-through. They're just translucent enough that you can see the glitter. I don't know if that would be like too much. I think that would work well for a darker shiny. So like Charizard or Rayquaza. Yeah. And I, I mean, they would, I mean, if they did a shiny Pokemon, I have to imagine it would be like, we're doing three shinies, period. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that. Or, and it would probably work best for something that doesn't have a ton of colors involved. So Charizard again, mm-hmm. um, where you only really need a couple primary uh, colors there, not something like Venusaur, which has like an array, right? Mm-hmm. But that'd be cool. It's fun to like imagine. Yeah. I think it would look pretty neat. I think if they were to do anything, it would probably be the most iconic shiny of them all, Red Gyarados. Oh, okay, good. I thought you were going to make a joke and say Pikachu, which is funny because I was thinking in my head, like, it would be so unimpressive if they did a shiny Pikachu set. Like, if they were, Um, like, they would probably go for the one that everybody knows because it's so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's smart. I could see them doing, like, a red Gyarados. really smart. And then release it with. They should do a a shiny uh, Magikarp and Gyarados set because shiny Magikarp. Um, it's, gold. It, it's not as as iconic, mm-hmm. but it's it's common, you yeah. know. Now I've seen people like they'll actually paint their sets oh this gosh. way. It's a shiny. I th- those probably look so cool, but I feel like if I wanted to do that, I would be so like I I would never do it because I I would want to make sure it was like basically like airbrushed or spray painted, mm-hmm. um, and then on t- like. And then even even then, you'd have to do it in such a very careful way to not jeopardize the brick's ability to actually connect. Or if you do it while they're already built, um, to make sure that you're not 
like compromising the crispness mm-hmm. of the look of the figure. Because like the thing with Legos is like nobody's expecting them to be smooth. With Mega Constructs, even though they make specific like specific pieces for specific models, nobody's expecting it to be like invisible joints. Like it's a particular yeah. look, right? Yeah. So you kind of want it to retain that and not not let like be chunky or or uh, lose that that blocky definition. So. That's cool, though. I, I'll have to poke around and look at some of those because I bet you they look dope. Yeah. So uh, that's about it on Megatrucks news. And actually, that's about Joey. it on all of our news. So should we get into our main topic now? Yeah, we probably should. That was a really long news segment. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, and that's OK, because I, I don't know about you, but I don't know how much there is to like dig super deep into like our first impressions of the crown tundra. There's plenty to do in crown tundra. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. Um, But as far as like, you know, not having, I'm assuming you have not completed (laughs) the, the crown tundra. I have certainly not completed the crown tundra, but at this point I feel very confident that I know everything I can do in the crown tundra. Mm -hmm. Are, Are you at that point too, where you're like, I know everything I can do. I feel like it, yeah. Okay. So I I don't know how much you were able to play. You like gave me a heads up like that you weren't sure how much you were gonna be able to play. Yeah, so I, where where are you and how much have you done I've first so that I know kind caught, of where you're well, at? Well, here's the thing, you can do anything in any order, which is kinda cool. I do like that. Actually, that's a good point. Let's start there. Because that's a I thought that was really interesting. And I'm not sure entirely how I feel about it. When you when you arrive to the Crown Tundra, mm-hmm. you have free reign to go anywhere, right? For the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and you encounter things that you can't interact with yet um, that you will interact with eventually based on, on triggering, like, story elements. Mm-hmm. In theory, I love this. I love this as a, as a direction for Pokemon to go in. I love that they're exploring this. It is closer to, and this was never my dream. I think it was an unreasonable dream for people. It's closer to Breath of the Wild style play where you can go anywhere and see anything. It's just a matter of what you trigger in order to interact. I love that in concept. I don't know if Crown Tundra did it super great because by the time, like my journey was I explored everything and this is on me, but I explored everything and then went back and did a story thing. And it was like, okay, now you have to travel here. You can find it by doing this, this, or this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can just fly there. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And there were there were certain limitations based on what dialogue you have done so far. So there was like one part I can think of where it was like, you can't fly here yet. And I was like, what do you mean I can't fly there yet? I've flown there a bajillion times. Why are you not letting me fly there? Um, and if that had been like a strict sort of like, this is a story part. So you have to do this or that or, or the other in order to get there. Then that would have felt a little bit more organic. Mm-hmm. But it was a little bizarre. And I think this would just take some tweaking um, or, or some better planning. But there were some story elements where it was like, okay, now you have to go here and find this person. And then you'd find that person or that thing. And then it'd be like, okay, now you have to go, you know, back. And it's like, okay, so I'm just going to fly there and then I'm going to fly back. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it sort of like deflated some of that. Um, 
but I, I don't know where to fall on it because I love the idea of being able to explore anything you want. It's just like the way that they, they specifically executed it. I think it ended up detracting from like, here, here's how I'll explain it. They haven't yet figured out at least in this expansion. And I think this expansion and the last, I guess the whole expansion, cause Isle of Armor did this a little bit too. Um, the expansions didn't quite bridge the open exploration with story in the way that a lot of games already have. And I think you have to figure out how to bridge those things so that exploring doesn't detract from your story and your story doesn't limit exploring. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think in this case, they wanted to make sure that the story didn't limit your exploration and they got that part right, but they didn't get the other part right, which is that exploration detracts from the story. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. When I first started, I actually just kept following the story throughout the whole thing. I didn't like explore the whole Crown Tundra first. Honestly, I think that you probably had a a better experience than I did. Because by the time I was doing the story, I was like, okay, I'll fly there. Okay, I'll fly there. Okay, I'll fly there. (laughs) I will say this. Your tour guide, if you will, needs to shut up. Okay. He talks too much. Kyle. (laughs) You know exactly how excited I was when we saw... I mean, you're talking about Peony, right? Yes. You you saw and heard, everybody saw and heard, how excited I was for that character. I was like, this character seems awesome. He is nothing. Yeah. Not even just personality-wise. Nothing like the I expected. Only he, cool His th- personality is... I think it could be endearing, except for the fact that he's not in... He's not... We're we're full spoilering for anything we've played, by the way, just so you all yeah. know. So if, if you don't if you're still playing it and you don't want to hear this stuff yet, um jump ahead to the end or come back to this. We haven't done everything, but we're anything we have done, we're speaking freely about. So he's not in the in the expansion nearly enough to justify how manic he is. I think if he were more incorporated or if his personality um like I guess mattered more to what you were doing then I would have I would have come around to him. But the fact that he is nothing like I expected, which is on me, but then also isn't even really part of what you're doing. I was like, I don't I don't get it. Like I'm not really sure. I don't it's weird because like he's all excited to do this exploration thing, but then he doesn't actually do any of the exploration. Yeah. I thought he was gonna be with you like the whole time. Mm-hmm. And no, I was so bummed. Yeah, he just calls you every once in a while, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to go out because it's too cold out. Like, well, what? That, and he's waiting for, just in case his daughter decides to come back. Which I understand, but, like, yeah, the way that they set it up, his daughter is literally up the hill. Like, yeah. the entire time he's avoiding the cold, his daughter is just standing up the hill. Like, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. When we talked about Sword and Shield, at least one of my biggest critiques, and I think this was a big critique from a lot of people, Sword and Shield does have one of the weakest stories, I think, of any modern Pokemon game. Like, mm-hmm. if you if you consider Gen's, honest, well, honestly, Gen's three through eight, the, the Pokemon games that I think really started to, like, try big storytelling, you know, because one and two... I mean, they didn't have like two. At least <laughs> kind of had something. It was the revival of Team Rocket. I'll give them that. Right, right. Two had like a sequel vibe, right? But like it did. They did it better in Heart Gold, Soul Silver. So, 
Right. And that was part of a, a you know, that was part of generation four. what four. So in, in the, let's call it the storytelling era mm-hmm. <laughs> of Pokemon. I do think sword and shield probably has the weakest. Um, if I were to rank the stories, probably the worst. Um, so yeah. I guess I wasn't expecting like a deep, uh, like story experience, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I think the, the crown tundra story and I like the crown tundra, I'll jump ahead and say, I like it. The story is not, not what does it for me for this. And I don't know that it was meant to, I think this, this part of the expansion is very much focused on a particular thing. Legendaries. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and that really, I think they felt obligated to have a story. And so there is a story, but I think that story is like pretty boring (laughs) compared to the actual point of the expansion, which is collecting and exploring, Mm -hmm. which I do like. So let me ask this. How many legendaries have you caught? I should have brought my switch over here. I have, hold on. Let me visualize my box. I have a special, I have a box just for the max layers. Okay. Let me rephrase that. How many of the new legendaries have you caught? Oh, the new legendaries. I have the bird trio. Okay. And I have the mascot. Okay. So you got Calyrex. Yes. Yes. I I've, I've, I'm confident that I've finished the, the whole story. Okay. Um, with, with, Exception being if there are like story like dialogue elements to some of the collecting mm-hmm. in the in the overworld map, and there probably are. So have you gotten I the Reggies? That. Yes, the Reggies. And you probably saw me tweet this. Um I have no idea why I'm doing this, but for some reason I started like shiny hunting Reggie Rock. Nice. And because I'm already like three hundred encounters in, I'm not gonna stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. So I, I have no idea when I will finish the Reggies. Um, that's but that's the one part of what I think could be story driven that I haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, I don't know how story driven that's going to be. I assume there is a story element to the new Reggies that I'll just get to when I get to. I haven't gotten to Reggies yet. So far, I've actually only caught two. I've caught Galarian Zapdos. Okay. Oh, that was fun. Did yeah. you like that or did you hate that? Um, It scared the crud out of me when he started chasing after me. Oh, he chased after you? Well, I chased after him, and then once you get to like a certain point, he finally says, uh, no, I'm chasing after you now. <laughs> oh, yeah, like when you get his attention, basically, and he's like, hey! <laughs> yeah, it's, okay, I'm done running. Um, yeah. So, although I wish I had known he was going to do that, because then I would have saved, and uh, just in case I failed at catching him. I Yeah, I was so terrified, because there were... Um, not conflicting reports, but not enough reports to make me comfortable that like certain things would respawn. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm seeing some people say that thing, like everything respawns, but I'm not taking any chances. Yeah. So I definitely was like doing that. Like I'm going to save like every step of the way constantly well, and way too much. <laughs> I, can com- I can confirm that the Reggies do respawn. Well, yeah, those I know for sure. Cause I've been, yeah. doing it over and over and yeah. over <laughs> and what's cool is for the reggies you don't actually have to soft or you don't have to restart your entire game to get it a shiny if you don't like if it's not shiny just beat it and then just unlock it again it's actually quicker yeah so i thought yep. that was kind of cool at least um, you want to know how many encounters in i was before i learned that i didn't need a soft restart <laughs> how many a hundred damn 
a hundred software starts before I saw online somebody say, "Oh, by the way, they respawn." Mm. Like, cool, thanks. <laughs> Good so. to know. And then it became hard for me not to because it had become such a like, like uh, repetitive motion mm-hmm. that like for the first like twenty next ones I had to like resist software starting. <laughs> Like, don't yeah. software start. You don't need to do it. <laughs> so, I ha- now I have seen that you can only choose between one of the new Reggies. I had a feeling, yes, yeah, so and can. I'm I'm fine with it because one, it's in the spirit of Pokemon, and two, mm-hmm. um, I figured as much because there's a choice you have to make with um, with Calyrex as well, mm-hmm. and I intend to eventually get the expansion for Sword as well. Yeah, not anytime soon. I'll tell you well, that. Much. I've got my second shield file yeah with the expansion already on it oh yeah that's true that's an option so because it's not version exclusive no. it's choice i think the only thing i have to do is beat the story because i think this takes place after yeah i think you have to do the narrative part of the main game yeah so once i finish that then i can play all of this and then i can go for all the other options that i didn't take there you go um just because I'll need everything for my master decks. But um, yeah, so I was like, oh, I only get to pick one of the two Reggies. But to get Reggie Gigas, you need all five Reggies in your party. Oh, you need all five? Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you just needed the three. Nope. You need all five in your party, which means you only get a spot for one. And then you go to like a very specific raid den with all five in your party, and then it'll light up. And then you have to do a raid battle against Regigigas by yourself, and it's level 100. I'm honestly shocked that you need all five. <laughs> like, I'm genuinely surprised by that. Because this expansion is so generous, mm-hmm. <laughs> is one way to put it. And also um, so accessible at the same time while still being challenging that I'm just surprised like that, that is so above and beyond mm-hmm. to get all five of them. I mean, it requires you to play twice or trade with somebody, do it trade back. Like, I mean, that's, I guess that's in the spirit of Pokemon to an extent, but it just seems to be above and beyond mm-hmm. um, what everything else fe- like is. And I guess, you know, Regigigas is already, it, it was a tough thing to get in the first place. I guess it makes sense that it's tough this time, but that feels like the toughest thing, unless I'm missing something. Um, dang. Wow. That's oof. Oof. All right. Well, that's rough. Yeah. That's impressive given some of the people I saw complete their decks uh, within like yeah. 12 hours of play, yeah. like starting the expansion. Mm-hmm. That's bonkers. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Okay. Well. <laughs> so. Um, now you've heard that when you go up against the legendary, it's a 100% capture rate, correct? What's that of the, like in the Dynamax adventures? Yeah. Um, I hadn't, Yeah, I, I had suspected it at one point, but they, they can, they can run though. Oh, they can? Can't they? I don't know. I, I think I've they heard, can disappear back into their lair. I've heard it's a 100% capture. Because I I had... What did I have? There was something that, that went back into its lair. 
and I can't remember what it was. Oh. Unless, oh shoot, I, I, dang it, I should have took notes on this because I don't remember if the thing that went back into its lair was something I already caught or not. I know that has happened because, mm. like, I have tapu coco. That's why. After I got it, but I, I could have sworn there was something that. Well, maybe it was, maybe it's only been stuff that I've already caught. Yeah, because you can only capture one legendary, and that's it. Which makes sense. Which, and I figured that was what was happening. Yeah, you can only yeah, get that one. must be all that that must be all that I've experienced. Yeah. I suspected it was a hundred percent because everything everything up to that point is a hundred percent, which makes sense um, given like the style of Dynamax Adventure. Um, and then if you manage to get to the legendary it makes sense that it would be a hundred percent catch rate. I'm still surprised though, because it's not, it's challenging to get to them, but it's not impossible. No. Um, and it's, I wouldn't even say it's all that difficult. It can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. It can be tough. You're not guaranteed to get to it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I can't think of a time where I haven't made it at least to the third stage of a, of a Dynamax adventure. So I, I honestly would have been okay with them not getting a hundred percent catch rate. Like, I don't think I would have been that upset. Yeah, um, it's I, not. I think that's why I call this expansion really generous, because mm. like it is that, and so I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not. I'm certainly not complaining. I've never been somebody who uh, complained that Pokemon was too easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so I'm not gonna not gonna do that. But I am surprised. What I do like that about that though with. is the fact that you can actually choose what Pokeball you want to use. It's like if you want that, like a special Pokemon and a special Pokeball, you can do that, which is I think is awesome so you know what i oh sorry go ahead. I was gonna say, like my first because like they give you like the trial run of the thing your very first time is it always zygarde no i got uh oh, suicune okay. oh that's so cool yeah i still haven't encountered suicune i'm so jealous my niece's first legendary capture in dynamax adventure was suicune and i was like i'm so jealous nice like that's one of my favorite legendaries ever <laughs> um so i got suicune but so I'm, and so I put in a lure ball from Johto because I was like, this is kind of cool. I want to use a Johto yeah. Pokeball for this Johto Pokemon. So nice. I used the lure ball since I had one, since I knew it was be a critical. I once I encounter Raikou, I don't know what I want to use yet, but I'll figure something out. I'm all of mine are in Ultra Balls right now. <laughs> when I encounter um, Cresselia, I want to use the Moon Ball from Johto. Yeah, I might mix it up now that I know it's a hundred percent. Like now that I know it's a hundred percent. Yeah. I was suspecting that because they were all pretty easy to catch, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure, so I wasn't chancing anything. Yeah. Um, I Two things. One, I really, really, really would like <laughs> for Generation 9 to add some sort of way, and I'm not alone in this, I know I'm not, to change the Pokeball <laughs> that your Pokemon is in <laughs> once you've captured it. Because I have far too many Pokemon in timer balls, which look cool on the outside, but have the worst animation effect ever. I hate that animation effect so much. It's so ugly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If it were just the Pokeball, I would not care. But the animation effect, which I know are new for this. Are they new for this generation? No, they had some last generation too, right? I don't remember. Whatever. Um, they're very prominent this generation and some of them are super ugly. <laughs> so if only for that reason, I wish you could, you could change the pokeball effect 
Um, I forgot what my other thing was, so I'm just going to do a different thing. I also would like, and this should be its own episode at some point, but I'm going to say this now. I also would love in Generation 9 for you to, along with customizing what you wear, choose a wind-up or a throw for your Pokeball. Wouldn't that Mm. be cool? That would be cool. Um, Wait. I could have sworn they... They had that in one of the games. You could actually change how you throw your Pokeball. I feel like, see, that's, and that sounds familiar. And when I was thinking about this, playing the game the other day, I was like, have they done that before? Because it feels familiar. Like it feels at some, like somewhere in my memory, there's something that's like, no, they've done that before. But I don't know if that's just me questioning everything I say. But I would like that. I would really like that. That would be Mm. super cool. Somebody tell us if that's something that a game has done before, because it feels like something they've done, but I cannot for the life of me think of what it is. So I don't know. At some point, Kyle, we should do like a, what we want from generation nine, like just wild speculate, not even speculation, just like whatever the heck we want. uh, I believe ultra sun and ultra moon. You can change your throw. Okay. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. That makes tons of sense. Um, Because, uh, because these games, the way that development works, I'm not surprised that it wasn't included here and was included there. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Gen 9, hopeful. Not and just wishing, I can, hopeful. I can tell you in Generation 4, when they had the contests, they actually created the capsules for your Pokeballs so that it would change the animation when it appeared. Ooh, that I do remember now that you say that. Yes. That's, yeah. Okay, well, so, bring that stuff back. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> just saying, if there happens to be a Diamond and Pearl remake, more than likely that will be in there. Yeah, it's so funny that, like, the Diamond Pearl remake has become, like, the white whale of the Pokemon community. Well, that's how like, it was. Everybody's with... just searching for anything. Like, like, at this point, the Pokemon company has to know Oh yeah, that that will, I mean, that will be such a massive announcement. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, well, here's the thing. If you look at all the new Pokemon that just came in for this, uh, the Crown Tundra, yeah. there's barely any Generation 4 Pokemon. How many, question for you, because I didn't look this up, how many not legendary Pokemon did they include in the Crown Tundra? Ooh, I don't know. Because I, I, I mean, I will, I mean, the weather hasn't really changed, and I don't know if it does very much, so that'll that'll definitely be a factor. But it doesn't feel like there's a ton of new Pokemon in the wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't actually know. I can tell you look. that um, only one new set of starters are available in uh, the Crown Tundra. And and I was excited to see them, but I would have been excited to see all of them. <laughs> exactly. I was kind of hoping they'd at least do all of them, but they only did Generation 3. Yeah. So... All, that leaves out generation two, four, five, and six. Six you can you can bring in though. Or no, sorry, I was thinking seven. You're right, you're right, yeah. you're right. Um Yeah, I, and I don't know, I don't I don't really get why. Like the starters are 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 all secondary mascots of their exactly. generation. They're and they're iconic. Yeah, yeah. So very strange. Watch, they'll, um, I mean, they're not going to add anything else to this game at this point, no. but uh, watch, they end up adding all the starters except Generation 5. Well, the only thing <laughs> that they still need to add is uh, Zarude. 
the mythical. Yeah, um, I think I saw somebody with it, and I was like, "Excuse me, um, can Japan have it already?" I think it's uh, hacked. Because, well, I know that Jap- there is a promotion that is Japan exclusive for pre-ordering something. Let's see how to. I think get... I think in Japan they got a Zarud and a shiny Celebi code. Yeah, they did. So it must have been somebody from Japan, but are they already able to download it? It was probably for the movie. Um, That's what it was. That is exactly what it was. You're right. It was the movie. By pre-purchasing a ticket for Pokemon the movie, Coco, you can get Zarud and a shiny Celebi in celebration of the movie. Yep. So so I've only seen it once, but I have seen it. Yeah. And hey, we we would love that over here in North America, too. I'm sure we'll get it eventually. The movie will probably go think... direct to Netflix or something. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we'll get the shiny Celebi too? I would like to. I mean, 100% we're getting Zarud. I mean, yeah. I, there's no doubt in my mind, yeah. but the Celebi I'm not as sure of because it's not like... I just kind of hope they do something with Zarud and not just be like, here you go, and just hand it to us. I I mean, you know where I put my expectations on this show. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm expecting it's going to be exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was just it's surprised by how much uh, I know Calyrex is just a legendary and not a mythical, but I was surprised yeah, by weird. how much uh, work you had to do to get Calyrex. I was very happy with that. I like how much work was intended for that, but that's exactly the story that I'm talking about where like, by the time I did it, I just flew everywhere. And I was like, okay, this is like, I was baffled that there was a point where it was like, okay, go talk to the mayor. Mm-hmm. Cool. Then go talk to Kelly Rex. Cool. Then it was like, the mayor's missing. Go talk to the mayor. And I was like, okay, cool. Like we're going to get a little story on the giant's bed. Went and gone, like went and flew to the mayor. And it was like, oh, hi. Okay. You found me. I'm going to go back to the town now. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I think honestly, they should have taken a note from like the Zelda series, not even Breath of the Wild. That's not what I'm saying. Hmm. Um, just like old Zelda games, and just like have like find this item, bring it to the mayor. Great. Like, um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel. I feel like I'm complaining a lot uh, for liking this expansion, but there's something about the story that I was just like, I feel like I'm just going back and forth and back and forth. Okay. Um, so, but you did have to do a whole lot more than I expected. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. that that's that. for sure. Question. Okay. Can Calyrex, now that it is fused, can it be separated yes. from? Okay. Go into <laughs> your items, find uh, the reins in your item, yeah. and click on it, and it'll allow you to defuse them. Okay. See, I what I did was I went to Calyrex. And was like, okay, I'll just take this. I had the, a bright idea, but the wrong method. I was like, I'll just take the reins away from it, thinking it was a held item. Uh, but okay, cool. Good to know. Sorry, you are going to say something. Um, yeah, so the one thing I found myself actually wishing that they had included in actually both of the um, DLCs yeah. that they just did not. And I never thought I'd actually miss this, but just trainer battles yeah no i agree i think it's it's um like you know they they drastically de- have decreased over time yeah the amount of trainer battles just in in the games in general i think but 
trainer battles are still like an important part of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they've completely shied away from that. I don't I don't get the sense, even though even though Go is now a character that represents a part of Pokemon that didn't used to really feel optional, even though that's now manifested in a character through Go and through Pokemon Go, I still expect the core series to always include battling. You know, like it just, it, I don't know, I don't know how you'd make a core series yeah. game without it. Well, no, that, yeah, like, but it's and just so, the DLCs. Like, I know the whole entire right. area is a wild area, but I kind of wish there was just some random trainers out on the yes. wild area you'll walk past them explanation point shows up and then they challenge you to a battle no i totally agree and that's what i'm saying yeah. like it's weird to have any chapter of a core series game not include some sort of trainer battle like why didn't we battle the mayor yeah why didn't we battle i mean i guess we battled peony but like that's the only person yeah and it wasn't hard no. you know like why aren't we maybe maybe we battle i i i could see maybe battling peonia at some point Mm -hmm. but i doubt it um like they could have very easily like why is there not a guardian of each um giant you know like i know that you have to do a task to get in there but like i don't know give me give me somebody to battle over there give me somebody to battle just in yeah just in the area you know we're not only pokemon trainer there we should be able to run into people yeah um back in generation three uh, when you were looking for the original reggies um there were a bunch of rune maniacs just searching for the runes of the Reggies and you fought them because they were right there. So that yeah. would have been cool. Like a nice little, Hey, uh, I found this rune first. Uh, I'll battle you for it type thing. Yeah, I, I agree. It is, it is very strange. I mean, the Isle of armor you got... does have story battles. Yeah. So I appreciate that. But, but you know, if, if you're not going to include, like um random encounter battles or even just like dialogue dependent battles mm-hmm. um, in the wild area do story battles and isle of armor has story battles crown tundra does not no. have like any yeah um and it, you're right that's it that's a huge bummer and it's weird though because i still really do enjoy this this expansion and i think if i just put myself in the mindset of like this expansion exists like to be like it basically exists to introduce the game mode of Dynamax adventuring. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I think there could be a couple tweaks to Dynamax adventuring, I actually really like it. I think it's a really fun um, new mode. I like one thing I've really enjoyed about this generation of Pokemon is the way that it's incorporated raids and sort of the, the like team dynamic that is required to do raids. And I think this like takes that even further because you're not just working with a team um, in one round with a Pokemon of your choice. You're having to choose from a limited set of Pokemon. You have to go through multiple rounds with these players, make choices with these players. And if you're not playing with friends, you have to make these choices with limited information. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that's all really fun. As frustrated as I get and as rage tweety as I get hmm. because people don't know how to act, mm-hmm. um, I still really like it. So, like, that to me does balance out. It, and maybe this sounds ridiculous, but, like, Dynamax, advent- bleh, Dynamax Adventuring alone does balance out pretty much all of my complaints. But my complaints do still exist. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, there is one other complaint, and it's such a nitpicky thing. But I wish some of the Pokemon in the wild area were like I just wish they weren't all level sixty. I yeah, I don't know what to do about that. I'm not really sure what to do about that. I would love for somebody to give us an example of a game that has progressive difficulty that does this differently because Nexamon also has progressive difficulty and it's the type of thing Nexamon really like prides itself on because Nexamon extinction, at least I don't know enough about the first one yet. I've only played a little bit. Nexamon extinction prides itself on being a game where you can go anywhere right off the bat Mm -hmm. And the difficulty of the game isn't location dependent, it's progress dependent. So like you can go anywhere and you can catch anything basically, Mm -hmm. but the difficulty of your encounters, both wild and trainer will get harder the more you play and the more you do. And I like that, but there is a point at which you're like, it would be nice to catch this base level Nexamon or in this case, Pokemon, like not at, a super high level. Yeah, like, and I don't know what to do about that. In Pokemon, you at least have the option to breed it. Yeah. Um, Nexamon, you don't yet. <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen eventually. But um, but I wish there was a solution that didn't require breeding after you've already caught a level 65 something. Yeah, like, cause I encountered a male Nidoran, and I'm like, oh, cool, you're level 65. Why? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm sure everybody's just going to be like, just breed it, Doug and Kyle. And I yeah, get that. I do that all the time. It but defeats the purpose a little bit for me, a little, honestly. It it detracts. Yeah, I think it detracts a little bit because then you're sort of like, well, you know, why did I catch this? I don't know. You're just catching to release lots of Pokemon, mm-hmm. which I guess is probably commonplace for a lot of people. But yeah. I don't know. They're, they're, I don't know exactly how to put my finger on what's weird about it, but I agree with you. It is a little weird. I guess if the whole... it This is the first Pokemon game to feature progressive difficulty. Yeah. And it, it's not terrible. So, like, I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I would not tell them to get rid of progressive difficulty because I like that that's a direction they want to go in. I hope that next generation should they include progressive difficulty, it feels better in some way than this one does. And I, I, I'll have to think more about it and figure out exactly what it is. But uh, I, I'm with you on that. There's something about it that feels off or in need of like a bit of tweaking. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know what it is. I wish there was like a setting. What, you know what they could do? They could have an item. There could literally be an item where it's like if your first if your first Pokemon is holding this item, it drastically lowers the level of wild encounters. Hmm. I, I, I don't see why they couldn't do that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to encounter like a level twenty Nido King or something like that. Like I just want them to be, you know, like proportionate, if that makes sense. No, I feel you. I think that's one of the things that I can put my finger on. Now that you say that, like, it does feel weird to encounter base level Pokemon that evolve at, like, super high levels where it doesn't feel that weird to to encounter, like, a Cryogonal at, like, 65. Mm-hmm. Probably because it doesn't evolve. Yeah. But, so, like, when I'm, like, just trying to catch everything that I need for the Pokedex or whatever, and I'm just like, cool, you're 
that high up. All right, well, I got to train you a little bit so this way you can evolve. And like, <laughs> Here's a rare candy. <laughs> yeah, and if you're out of rare candies or something like that, which honestly I highly doubt because you've been doing so many max raid battles, but still, then you got to train it from level 60 to or 65 to 66, which is a lot of experience points. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I have the same, yeah, I have the same nitpick. I'm just trying to think of solutions. I think if they had a spec, instead of having just repel, super repel, max repel, whatever, they should have like a spectrum of repels. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, because Pokemon is at a point in its, in its history, that it's comfortable allowing us to choose whether or not we encounter Pokemon. Cause it is, we now can choose whether or not to encounter Pokemon in the wild. There is no random, um, at least in whether or not you encounter, I say go full in and give us type specific repels. Give us mm. repels that help us control the level of the Pokemon we're encountering. Give us a repel. I mean, they can be expensive, whatever. They don't need to be like super easy to yeah. acquire, but like if you've beaten the game, they should be accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and make one that gives you only base level Pokemon. You know, like I think they could do something there. I think maybe that that would make some of the progressive difficulty feel less like forced upon us. Mm-hmm. Um but not detract from the point of progressive difficulty, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think something in that, in that area or that vein, whether it's held items um, or if you, if you want it to be a consumable repel, like reform repels, mm-hmm. I don't know, but it is interesting. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause now we're talking, we, we are now and we'll move forward now talking about sword and shield as a game that has happened, mm-hmm. you know, like, now that both expansions are out, unless there's a surprise up their sleeve, which I highly doubt, mm-hmm. um, it now exists in its in its almost entirety. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's interesting to think that that's now officially how we move forward. Yeah. Um, what's cool about it is I still don't see an end in sight for me playing it. Um, I've already put like 275 hours in, and I've got plenty left to do. Uh, so I'm not I'm not in a rush to get to generation nine by any stretch. Uh, but it is weird to think that like this iteration is done. And I, I don't know what else they have planned for this generation because generations have gotten muddier and muddier as we go along, mm-hmm. like the lines between them. So honestly, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I just want to catch the last, the last two birds, get uh my Reggie. And then honestly, I think I'm just going to go back to playing Emerald. Yeah, and that's I think that's legit. Like that's I, um, like I uh, legitimately like right now I'm just kind of like I I'd rather be playing Pokemon Emerald right now, but I'm like no, let me at least get the legendaries that I need. That's fair. I I I'm sure you're not alone. I um I still feel energized for this because this generation I think was aimed largely at new players and mm-hmm. casual players for the most part. And even though I have a, you know, even though I am on a Pokemon podcast and even though I've played every core series game and, and, you know, can talk about Pokemon more than like the average casual player, mm-hmm. I'm probably closer to a casual player than I am a hardcore player because I don't do a lot of the the hardcore stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So this game, I think hits all the right buttons for me um in a way that 
it like lowered certain bars like certain bars to um to longevity that benefit me greatly Mm -hmm. that other games didn't so like i feel a motivation to do all the dynamax adventuring because it includes a lot of pokemon that i previously was like i don't want to do that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and so there's like a motivation there where i could see other people who've like i've already done all this and this isn't even harder or like new or more challenging like i definitely get it um yeah and I, i certainly wouldn't wouldn't would never criticize anybody for being like, eh, this isn't doing it for me. I could go back and do something that's a bit more either challenging or nostalgic or original or, or whatever that, you know, mm-hmm. insert whatever feeling you're having here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, weird, weird. I mean, I'm sure it's not over generation. There has, there, there is, you know, I, I normally place my expectations so low, <laughs> but I'm going to, we go out on a limb here <laughs> and say that generation eight certainly isn't over. No. Um, but this, this entry is all yes. is almost over. All right. So let me ask you this then. What do you think we yeah. have a better chance of getting diamond and pearl remake or let's go Johto diamond and pearl remake for sure. Okay. I, I don't see a purpose or a reason I, I used to think at some point, And so before anybody's like, you said, Mm -hmm. I used to think that another let's go was more likely, but now seeing the big picture, right. From, from when Pokemon go dropped to now Mm -hmm. with, you know, sword and shield and Pokemon journeys, the anime, seeing the whole big picture of that and everything that happened in those few years, I don't. I don't know why they would do Let's Go Johto. Like, I'm not sure what purpose it would fulfill because Let's Go, I think initially I was like, oh, cool. Like, it's a it's another remake. Um, and like, it, it, I think it existed. I thought at the time it existed to be like a nostalgic sort of remake reinvention type thing. But now looking at the whole picture, I'm like, no, it wasn't just like, let's do a remake. It's a let's tap back into players that we've long lost and and bring in new players from Pokemon Go and and build up and solidify a fuller audience moving from generation eight onward. And I don't know what a Let's Go Johto would do that Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu didn't do. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I think the goal for for Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu was to get new players to play Sword and Shield. Yeah, I can see that. And that's exactly what, like, and the reason I say that is because I'm I'm looking at that big picture and I'm seeing exactly what happened to my niece and my sister-in-law happening to so many people. Mm-hmm. I, I have to imagine that's what happened. They played Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. They got hooked. They played Let's Pokemon Let's Go, which which advertised itself as being compatible with Pokemon Go mm-hmm. and played similarly to it. And then Sword and Shield came out after that, and a bunch of those players jumped from Let's Go into Sword and Shield. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just me talking through my whole thought process. I can see that. Um, and I think because I can't imagine what else they would do, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think... 
Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remake is most likely. It's weird because I'm saying that by process of elimination, I still at this point, I'm like, I don't think we should expect it. I feel like we would have gotten it, but I don't know what else you put in the sort of like expectant spot. Like we're expecting something Mm -hmm. and they've, they've all, but all, but explicitly stated there will not be more sword and shield. Like the expansions are Mm -hmm. the sequel. Yeah, there's yeah, there won't be like another DLC or something. Right. And there's not gonna be Sword Two Shield Two. Like they've they've all but said no. Please don't. They've they've pretty much explicitly said no third version. I mean, at least with like Black Two and White Two, it served as an actual sequel to the game. Like it took Yeah, oh no, that's the best sequel they've done. Oh yeah. By far. Yeah, because that literally is a sequel. It takes place two years later. Unlike Ultrasound yeah. and Ultra Moon, where it's like, oh, hey, this is just like an alternate universe from the first one. Yeah, which is just, that was weird. Yeah. So I'd, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what else could it be, right? Like, unless they just jump right into Gen 9, which I don't expect. No, I, they, they have to have at least have something. Because, I mean, just look at the history. Every game at least has two games if you will so like ultra sun ultra moon and then sun and moon x and y yeah. omega ruby alpha sapphire yeah they're aside from generation one and generation two i mean like well, no generation what's that you can at least say for generation one you had yellow and then for generation two you could say you had crystal oh yeah duh good point duh i was thinking like um like multiple I, I was packaging those together but you're right those are those are not sequels but third versions mm-hmm. yeah although you know it's funny because we i mean we at the top of this episode even we we were saying like it would be nice to see what they could do with more time i don't expect that we won't get something else this generation but i personally wouldn't be mad if we didn't and the timeline stayed the same mm-hmm. <laughs> because that would then give them three to four years since the release of Sword and Shield to actually make the next generation. Yeah. I don't think that's what we're going to get. I don't think anybody should expect that, um, but it certainly would be nice. I'd like to see something similar to how they did uh, Coliseum and XD Gale of Darkness. Oh yeah, do like a like a spin-off narrative game. Exactly. Doesn't take it's not like you're not earning gym badges or anything like that. It's a whole different story, but just something. That'd be interesting. I mean, I do think if they could they could pull that off um that or honestly any other spin-off if they just did it properly because those those types of games and I don't know specifically for Coliseum, but I, I suspect those games are all developed typically by other studios, right? I think so. I mean, like Mystery Dungeon definitely is. All the spin-ups we typically talk about um, in like the news and stuff definitely are. Look it up. Um, Game Freak is typically not the company that makes the spin-offs, but if they could figure out a spin-off game or a side, you know, a side tangential game that is developed by another studio. Okay, yeah, that feels like a full experience that they can sell as part of this generation. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's fine by me. And honestly, that's what they probably should be doing. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to get into it 
because the internet certainly has already, but the Pokemon company has plenty of money and resource, like plenty of money mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and should have all the resources they need to never run into the problems that they do. They just don't do it necessarily. I don't know why they won't spend more money um, to, to build these things bigger. Um, but if they can, if they need to work around it using things they've already done, yeah, do a spinoff or something. Yeah. And and do it better than do it better than Coliseum, you know? <laughs> uh I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Snap? When is Snap supposed to come out? I forgot about Snap too. I mean, I have no idea when that's supposed to come out, and I don't know none of us know at this point how full of an experience that's supposed to be. But if that I mean, that's not developed by Game Freak. Mm-mm. If it comes out next year, which I think it's supposed to, I don't think they ever said when, but I would expect it to come out next year. If it comes out next year, if it comes out holiday season next year, I mean, that 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 could be next year's game. Uh, let's see if the internet has any answers. And I would be fine with that. <laughs> I think I, I, I wish they would slow down the core series. I, I very genuinely wish they would slow it down. Yeah. And I think at this point, a lot of people agree casual, like very casual players Mm -hmm. who are, I will remind everybody listening, the bulk of the player base Mm -hmm. are, are what people love to refer to as casuals. Mm -hmm. If it weren't for casuals, your games wouldn't exist. Exactly. Um, But casuals, like casual players aren't going to care when the game comes out. They're just going to get it when it comes out. Let's be real here. We don't know how long. At this point, I feel like hardcore players, um, are are probably saying a similar thing to what we're saying which is like let them spend time Mm -hmm. i feel like the actual population of people who are like make a better game and make it in the exact same amount of time Mm -hmm. is probably pretty small well we don't know how long they've been working on pokemon snap 2 so oh yeah we have no idea so for all we know they could have been working on it since the first one (laughs) i doubt it but yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i know and I, i guess you know, I, I, I'm hoping all this for the core series game. Yeah. I, the spinoffs, I imagine, are probably not under nearly the amount of pressure yeah. that the core series game is. The Mystery Dungeon series, those, I mean, those don't come out on a regular schedule. Those just come out when they come out, mm-hmm. as far as I know. I don't know. Somebody can come back at me and say, you know, no, they actually come out every six years. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but they don't feel like they're cranked out in the way that the core series is. And you'd almost expect it to be the other way around. You know, you'd almost expect the core series games to come out less frequently with spinoff content coming out more frequently. Um, but uh, I don't know. Pokemon's a, a weird beast. Yeah. Only time will tell everybody. None of us know anything. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, well we are... anything left to discuss with the crown tundra? No, I think that's about it. Oh, question. I have one last question. Okay. What do you think of the Spectrier and Glastier designs? Um, they're kind of basic, but I like them. Yes, yes, I think that's the perfect way to put it. I, when I first saw, um, Spectrier, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of kind of ugly." Actually, I but the more I thought about it, I was like, "It's not ugly. It's just it's it's very simplified." And I think there's, you know, there's been a conversation 
about how Pokemon, especially legendaries, have gotten more and more and more and more designed to the point of, in some cases, being over-designed. And I think they've they've the pendulum has started to swing back. You know, I think Solgaleo and and Lunala are like perfect. Like, <laughs> I don't think they're over-designed, but they also feel special. You know. And I think uh, Glastier and uh, Spectrier, I don't even know how I'm saying those. I whatever. don't know either. Actually, the the steeds, yeah, <laughs> are are both very simple designs that you wouldn't expect if you just saw them to be legendary. Ooh. But nowadays, Ooh. if somebody grew up with the last three generations knowing nothing about the previous ones, somehow I don't know how they would not, and you showed them like Articuno. They'd be like, that's not a legendary, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So I kind of went on a full journey of like, these are kind of ugly to, no, they're not really that ugly to being like, this is cool. I'm, I'm here for this. So I actually haven't even seen what Glass Trier looked like. Dude, I feel so much regret. Yeah. I'm, I like, I, I'm I like the typing of what I chose better, but, but oh, I love the way Glass Trier oh, looks. The ice armor on this thing. It looks so good, right? I like I like the concept of Spectrier better than I like its actual design. I love its um, detached hooves. I love that it's supposed to be sort of ghastly um, in its mane and its tail and stuff. But that's an effect that the 3D games have not quite figured out what to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't look great. But uh, Glass Tier, Glass Trier, gla- whatever looks so cool mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't even like horses but that one looks awesome yeah huh so i'm excited to get that so with calyrex this now puts our pokedex at 898 oh my gosh we're so close to 900 wait is that okay which means you know i know that expand i know that i know that they've expanded the pokemon uh, blah, blah, blah. i know that they have expanded the pokedex there are words by fewer and fewer Pokemon every generation. And I get it. But if generation nine included just slightly over a hundred Pokemon, mm-hmm. we'd finally hit a thousand. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did it for that reason. I'm not expecting it because I don't think they care whether we hit a thousand or not. What if it ends at nine, 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 um, and then generation. Actually, I could see that. And then generation ten, they do uh, the one thousand Pokemon will be kind of like how they did with generation five with Victini being the first one. So they'll do a special yeah. Pokemon as the one thousands. Well, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if generation nine only went to nine 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 because, I mean, this is this is like a really sort of uh silly reason but they i mean pokemon numbers have only ever consisted of three digits (laughs) yeah so if they ended up introducing and this matters less now that the games aren't confined to like a pixely screen but um if they if they added a thousand if they got to a thousand you're adding another digit yeah you have to (laughs) add a zero to everybody right and i imagine I mean, they don't. There's no surprise if they hit a thousand, they'll say it. But um, I could see them waiting for a generation to specifically hit a thousand for that very reason. Mm-hmm. 
I'd be fine with that. I would. I think that would be cool. The thousandth Pokemon. I mean, what do you do for the thousandth Pokemon? Ar- Arceus it, already exists. It has to be like <laughs> some kind of mythical type thing. Yeah, totally. You can't just make it like your grass starter. Like, no, don't don't do that. Yeah, it'll be it'll be something. Well, yeah, because then you want your grass starter to be one thousand and one. Exactly. Because then it's essentially one. Yeah, and it's basically almost like a soft reboot of the franchise because one Bulbasaur was one. So, yeah, you know, Gen Five was controversial for that reason, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been—I don't know—it's been a while. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to do something ish with Generation Ten. Well, think about it: five, ten. Yeah, exactly. And it will have been over a decade, like well over a decade. And you know what? I'm going to call it right now. Generation 10. We're going to get black and white reboots. I mean, <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> or not reboots, but remakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotcha. So that would, that would make sense. Because it seems to be lately just skipping every generation now for remakes. Yeah. Because obviously Gen 1 was in Gen 3. Gen 2 was in Gen 4, and then we got Gen 3 and Gen 6. So you skip Gen 5. So You skip Gen 5 and you skip Gen 7. Right. So if they decide to do something in this generation of Gen 8, this would be perfect. Then theoretically they'd skip Gen 9. Exactly. Yeah. That all makes sense. Mm-hmm. We know how to do patterns here on Victory Road. Yeah. Wink. <laughs> Ding. I had to add that because you couldn't see my pose. Hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, we are, I mean, this is, this episode is hefty. We should get to this question. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot we asked the question. Um, and I was the one I don't know. I have it. no idea what you have going on today. Eh. Um, we asked if, uh, basically, if you're playing, what are your thoughts about the region, the story? the new modes, anything else you want to talk about with regards to the crown tundra. We got one response directly, but I'm going to read somebody else's thoughts. um, And I hope they're okay with that. (laughs) I think their accounts, if their account is private, I won't read it, but I'm pretty sure it's public. So uh, the response we got directly was uh, from Joshua scare and more at Kentucky jam. uh, And he says, I've only dabbled, but I can tell I'm going to enjoy this much, much more than the Isle of armor. Isle of Armor was fine, but this makes the $30 spent feel much more worth it. I agree with that. Even though I have fewer complaints about Isle of Armor, mm-hmm. my big complaint with Isle of Armor is just that it feels small. Mm-hmm. And I think this, while my I have more like a longer list of complaints, um, the stuff I like vastly outweighs my list of complaints because most of my complaints are kind of like you describe them, just nitpicky things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's, it's nitpicky things that I would have done differently, but that I don't think actually make my experience bad. Yeah. So I dig that. And then, uh, let me double check here to make sure that they're not private, but, uh, I really liked what, um, a friend Shane was saying. Where did those go? Okay. So we had a bit of a conversation about the Dynamax adventuring. And I really liked what Shane had to say. So Shane was talking about it on his own and I was talking about it. And so we just sort of connected. So initially, 
and he's public. Okay, great. So Shane at Shad Starzik says, I think Dynamax adventures are so freaking fun. It forces me to use Pokemon I'd normally not even think about, and it really brings out some great teamwork you normally don't see from Max Raid Battles. That was just the thing he said on his own. I had tweeted um, so, like something about being frustrated with with uh, <laughs> a Dynamax adventure that I had been uh, experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, about how people Dynamax when it doesn't make sense to and how rating is supposed to be a team sport. And he replied, that's why I'm always grabbing Chansey when I can. I'm down to play healer buffer and make up for the mistakes that other people keep making, which I thought was really cool. It sort of like added to that sort of that sort of thought process. Um, I also sort of like seconded that I love the aspect of not bringing your own Pokemon along. And he replied, right. It's kind of refreshing not seeing like three Zacians and an Eternatus every single <laughs> fight. I think it's also giving me appreciation for some of the designs I may have written off before cough Blaziken cough. <laughs> so I just really liked, I really liked his thoughts mm-hmm. on that. And I really liked it because it kind of like put into words some of the things I was thinking about Dynamax adventures, which is like the new mode. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I just really, I really like that mode. I know that they reinvent themselves every generation, but it's such a fun, I think it's such a fun format. Um, and I don't know how they would, how they would bring it forward or do more with it. But um, I have, I guess, I mean, I have plenty left to go, but I, I I'm, I'm like going to be sad when I've like finished, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 sort of a bummer that it feels like it has a finite ending. Of course, you can like keep doing it over and over, but once you've got all the legendary Pokemon from Dynamax adventuring, like why keep doing it? I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope they do more with that, or explore things similar to to that. I mean, that's that I think is what this generation should be remembered for, is how much it changed, kind of the way we play together in ways that were never really possible or explored before. Yeah, I get that. So unfortunately the legacy will be tarnished by all the babies. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to make the stuff we like louder. Yes. All right. Um, Want to do research books? Uh, I think we're uh, actually, I do have to get going shortly. Okay. I got to make dinner. That's all right. We had, we had a lot of good discussions. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on that very long adventure along the victory road and into the crown tundra for more information on episodes and contests or to give us feedback on the show. You can find us all over the place, such as Twitter and Facebook at victory road pod. Uh, if there's anything in the world of Pokemon, you know, a whole lot about, or would like to appear on the podcast or would just like to let us talk about or have us talk about, uh, just let us know. Until next time, we are headed back to the Pokemon Center to warm up with some cocoa. Mm. See you later. Bye. With some tea? Are we drinking ghost tea? Don't drink from Steamy. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
has been another fine production of the Four Ride Radio Network. For other great shows, check out www.4rideradio.com. 